Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. That's empathy at its truest sense, right? Empathy for every aspect of your business and of your environment globally you simply will not be able to operate in the future. Your customers won't accept it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that word empathy is absolutely core to everything. I, I really do. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Daniel Honeywell. Daniel's the CEO of ZSEN Limited, a UK company developing breakthrough non-invasive technology that helps consumers understand their health based on data coming from within their blood. Under Daniel's leadership, ZSEN has become a world-class expert team with exceptional third-party relationships, placing ZSEN in the top 10 fastest-growing companies in the UK and on track to be valued at over £1 billion in the next five years. Daniel joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Daniel. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you so much, Amy. It's a great pleasure. Thank you for reaching out. No problem. I'm excited to hear more about the organisation. So to get started then, can you tell us a little bit about ZSEN and what it stands for and what you're hoping to achieve, please? That's a very, um, very big question. Every organisation <laughs> should be able to answer very, very well. So at, at our heart at ZSEN, we were founded on the principle that we would only use this unique technology for good. And we wanted to use the technology to help as many people as we possibly can. So by 2025, we want to be known as a global organization that's helped to save at least a million lives and let me just quantify a little bit about how we might do that so for example uh we're challenging the status quo around uh, the whole paradigm of breast cancer care we're working with imperial college london and we're developing towards a a large 150 person clinical trial which will use our non-invasive completely painless uh user-operated device to determine whether or not a lesion inside a woman's breast is cancerous or benign. And that will completely turn the cancer pathway in its head. It will reduce the psychological trauma of people that men and women who have to go through that horrible wait of uh, from the moment they feel something to the moment they get the all clear or otherwise. Um, And it will remove up to 80% of the waste in the system, saving hundreds of millions of pounds and getting the people the care they need it when they need it the most. So this is the power of the technology that we have and the way that we can use it to positively change the way that healthcare is, is moving um, in the world. And so we are there to really challenge that narrative and challenge um, the way that healthcare is currently operating in the, uh, in the UK and around the world. Fantastic. And what a great organisation to be part of and a, a great vision to be bringing to fruition. So your your chief executive officer... With the organisation, yeah. we've been in that post. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> so, as as the leader of that kind of organisation at this stage in your in your life cycle, what kind of challenges are you up against as a leader? A lot. Um, <laughs> so, just like every leader um, has, has a huge amount of challenges. I, I think one of the things um, which is most astute in the in the healthcare space, especially in the hardware domain. Mm-hmm. is that the Silicon Valley, you know, fail fast and break things, um, you know, fake it till you make it type approach mm-hmm. simply does not apply when you're dealing with people's lives. Mm-hmm. So you cannot, you cannot have that, have that mentality. However, you have to also have a little bit of that mentality inside the organization. So you have to have that, that the culture which embraces 
being bold and embraces making, you know, putting yourself at risk of a failure, um, but in a very controlled way. And so balancing that is really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. The other challenge is um, you're seeing a lot of digital health, uh, which is exploding in, in, in the US and around the world, large valuations and lots and lots of resources been put into solving the problem. Um, but a lot of those are purely software-based. And so when you have a hardware-based approach, you know, you're, you're, you're actually talking about a, an incredibly valuable long-term business, mm -hmm. um, but the timelines to get to fruition or to revenue are considerably longer um, mm -hmm. because you simply have to go through, you have to go, you know, building devices, it just takes more time inherently. Yeah. But once you get there, you have an incredibly valuable uh, proposition, not just for shareholders, but also for the world. Absolutely. And so balancing the, uh, the understanding of the investors and the board and the team Mm -hmm. versus um, the realities of, of, of dealing in that regulated and very carefully controlled space, um, whilst trying to move fast but not too fast, yeah, um, yeah. Is, is really challenging. Absolutely. So it sounds like a pretty much a balancing act at the moment. Yeah, it, it is. And we're very lucky to have incredibly supportive investors, you know, who have been with us on the journey and who, and who understand the challenges and the nuances. Um, the other thing it's not necessarily an industry challenge, but as a, as a company challenge is that we can't Google how to solve some of these problems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are at the cutting, nobody has done this before. You know, no, yeah. nobody has taken the technology like this. We own it. It's ours, which is yeah. great. But the challenge is we have to be caught. We're at the bleeding edge, literally and figuratively speaking. Mm -hmm. And so you have to constantly be taking those two steps forward, one step back, regrouping, you know, we've learned yeah. the truth today, which may, pushed in a particular direction and we have to continue to trim the sales. Um, you know, and as you say, that's a, that's a balancing act whilst juggling um, clubs of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then some, and then some. And yeah. so your team, I suppose it's difficult to lay out what the path could look like for your team in terms of career paths and progression. If you're, you're you know, you're building the future, you, you can't predict it at the moment. How do you manage yeah. that as a, as a leader? That's a great, great question. Um, we, we basically have open conversations with every member of the team so we we literally sit them down before they even join and we say this is a startup environment let me just explain mm -hmm. to you what that means right every week is going to feel like the most important week of your life mm -hmm. the company is going to change and shift around you um this is startup in the true sense of the word now if you are willing to embrace that and if you're willing to and, and that excites you mm -hmm. and you can see your role and, and you know you can evolve with us and you can grow with us uh, we will be delighted to to work with you to advance your career your, your career progression. Now, if that doesn't sound like something you would like, if you would like to have a five year plan where you know exactly where you're going to be, and you know, or even some people prefer a twenty twenty five year plan where they can basically plot their way through to retirement, um, this isn't the right place for you. And, and of course you get the initial enthusiasm um, during the interview process, which sometimes doesn't translate, of course, when people land on the ground. Now, that's not, not a criticism of the process or the person. Um, it's just the reality. So we just have open, honest conversations. And I talk to the team on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. and I update them where we are. Guys, this is what we found out today. The impact of that is this. Yeah. Now, that means that we, we need to do why to get to to get to the destination where we need to, we need to get to over the next period of time. Um, and I'll tell you what, people just put their hand up. Dan, can yeah. I help? You know, I know it's not my role, but can I help? Can I do this? Can I, can I chip in? Can I drive to that place? Can I cut a day off that timeline? You know, yeah. people really, really respond to, to those types of conversations. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, we are 
incredibly honourable. I, I say to all of my team, you know, good leavers are just as important as good joiners. You know, you have to make sure that any any amount of time and commitment given to our cause is rewarded. You know, and so everybody that leaves our company also retains shares. Uh, you know, as a as a result of that philosophy, which means that you just grow that startup mentality, and it, and it, and people, you know, at all levels love to be asked. To help, you know, if you mm-hmm. if you reach out and ask for help, I feel that you get a great response, um, and and that that's really how we try and try and manage that. Absolutely, that, that transparency is so valuable. Do you want people that want to run towards that situation, and you almost want people to run the wrong people to run away from that situation, and being transparent yeah. up front? I think absolutely is the best way, and clearly it's working. Exactly, and, and it's not. It's really not um, that that it. You know, we're looking. For, it, it, there's a right person it just means that different people are suited for different roles yeah, i mean absolutely. you know it, it, it that that's all it is and and i think mm-hmm. having that open debate open debate with the with the individual in question um you know giving them the the, the respect of that conversation yeah is really important yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and and so in terms of your journey into leadership, then, can you give me some insight into how that happened? Was it an organic process? Because I'm looking at your university, you studied Mandarin and international mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. and then from there developed, and we're in sort of management roles, but was it always going to be the case that you were looking at a CEO position, or did that happen quite No, it, 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 was, it was very organic. I mean, I, I, st- I still can't quite believe it, to be honest. Um, and I'm still learning every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I love it. You know, I, I absolutely love, I just love learning. I think that, that's the, the thing that you may take away from that um, kind of strange degree choice uh, was that I just love to learn. Um, uh-huh. And the reason I studied Mandarin and, um, and, and business was there's a whole load of reasons. But one of them was that, I just wanted to learn something different mm-hmm. and I could sort of see China going in the direction that it was going. Um, I happened to go, I happened to have been lucky enough to travel to Hong Kong to visit some friends when I was 16, <laughs> got on a plane. I can't, can't believe it now, but um, you know, no mobile phone or anything. I landed in Hong Kong. And I was thought, my God, this, this place is insane. <laughs> this is where it's happening. Um, and so, you know, moving forwards from there, uh, I, I just, I just decided I needed to do something which allowed me to, to, um, to explore the world and to, you know, to make friends. And I, and I just love people. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely have an interest in, in, you know, in, in everybody that I meet. And so it, it really evolved from there. And then when I left university, I, I thought this is great because, all of the big consulting firms, the McKinsey's and the Bain's and the PricewaterhouseCoopers, they were all talking about China. They weren't when I started my degree, but they were at the end. And I graduated in 2008, you know, great timing, not financial crisis. Um, And I thought, oh, I'm fine because, you know, these guys are all now saying we've got to go to China, 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 Mm -hmm. China. So here I am with a Chinese business degree. I'm going to be fine. And so I started applying and I got disheartened after about, you know, a couple of weeks because Mm -hmm. the, the, that message had not filtered down to HR. You know, it takes quite a few years for that to happen in big organizations. And so mm-hmm. they didn't care that I had a Chinese. It didn't mean anything to them. Yeah. They, uh, they really didn't matter. And so I, I got very disheartened and I thought, actually, I, I just, it's not for me, you know, working in these massive monolithic organizations. Um, and so I actually went and worked for a company um, that was working in, in corporate storytelling. And mm-hmm. I started as the office manager. I was ordering the toilet rolls. I was making the coffee. I was greeting the guests. 
Um, and, you know, I started there. Moved down to London, got in the thick of it. And before too long, I was working on client, um, client engagements and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I saw the challenges, you know, I was sort of 24 years old working at the board level with companies like Carlsberg and um, Pitney Bowes in the States. And I was, you know, I was traveling all over the world and really, really enjoying it. Mm. Um, and then I met Harand, who I mentioned at the beginning. Um, and he just cha- totally, totally changed um, my life. And what what happened for um, in that scenario is that Harand had an amazing technology and to his eternal credit needed help turning it into a business. Um, and what I had was the, bit was, was an exposure and capability, um, within the, the sort of st- strategy world, um, to help him join those dots up. And so we founded the business together. And I just remember feeling so vividly that for any startup to be successful, you had to have three things. You have to have a sort of mad, mad inventor um, or, you know, somebody who's crazy enough to have the initial idea and put the initial effort in to, to get, get the thing moving. Mm-hmm. You have to have an elder statesman, somebody who, who's, who's got the gravitas and, and can bring people along on the journey with you. And you have to be able to tell the story in a very compelling way. You have to be able to sell the vision yeah. and, and, you know, but, but then tie it all back down into reality. And so that was when I set out to, um, to, you know, to my network, and I came across Sir Charles Maysfield, who was one of our first, who was our first chairman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sir Charles, I managed to convince him to join as chair. And then together, you know, we, we, we set out to build this business. And, and I started out as managing director, um, which was basically, you know, get in and do everything um, mm-hmm. from a startup, from, yeah. you know, get your EIS certificate to uh, get your office space, buy your desks, everything else. Uh-huh. Um, and then it got to a couple of years ago and the the board said well you know really you should be running the company and so that's what i that's what i did um so it was very very organic as a process fantastic and so Mm. in leadership how would you define a great leader do you think there are characteristics that are you know static across great leaders or do you think that it's, it's quite an individual oh i mean that is such a such a good question um, look, I think there are definitely characteristics which uh, which go across great leaders. I mean, mm-hmm. having a a vision, you know, un- yep. seeing the world in a way that other people don't um, yes. is clearly a characteristic of leaders, good and bad, throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to articulate that vision and being able to draw people to the cause. Uh, I think is also something which is incredibly important. So, um, and I'm talking about leaders who are building something, not necessarily leaders who have inherited uh, or or have come into a role of something which is already in motion and keeping that that going, which is a different skill set. But I'm thinking from my perspective of, you know, starting starting from the ground floor and sort of building up. Um, You know, being able to uh, be humble enough and be curious enough to constantly learn from those around you mm-hmm. um, and always it's a bit of a cliche but always try and be the stupidest person in the room yeah you know always always uh always be willing to learn and listen from those around you and i feel um those those characteristics are incredibly important uh i i also believe the ability to uh I almost see it as like a mirror. So when, when good things happen, to be able to deflect those off to the team 
and to credit the individuals uh, that are responsible for those breakthroughs or those or those business wins, mm-hmm. um, and also to be able to accept the you know the responsibility and ultimately to to accept when when the buck stops with you as a leader and to be able to have those difficult conversations is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely feel that there are there are traits that that go across um, across the, the countries and across uh, across yeah. cultures for sure and across businesses. Fantastic. And so thinking back along your leadership career, was there one piece of advice that someone offered you or an experience that you had or witnessed that has shaped your leadership style? <laughs> um, in a way, that's like asking me where my favourite country is or what my, what my, uh, what my favourite we'll food is. I've had the great privilege of working with some incredible leaders i mean world-renowned uh household name leaders uh and it's very difficult for me to pick out um one piece of advice i think you know i have to look close to home um i think my my father was a huge influence on me um and he always told me look dan if you don't ask you don't get Mm -hmm. right so the worst you're going to be is in the same position you are now okay and if you ask in the right way 99% 99% of the time you'll get something it will be it, I'm not the right person but talk to that mm-hmm. talk to my friend or you know not really but how about this as a piece of advice yeah. uh you know that is something which has really stuck with me uh and and is, but but you know don't ask in the right way don't get because if you ask in the wrong way you just always you always won't get yeah. and the other piece of advice which I um which I really really uh really valued was your willingness to ask difficult questions determines your success in life. So nobody likes yeah. to go in and have conversations that are uncomfortable. Nobody is inherently driven by conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to have those conversations, again, in the right way, thinking through how other people are going to be feeling mm-hmm. and sort of dealing with that ahead of time is so important. You know, because it, that those two pieces of advice translate into business situations all the time. So, for example, you know, dealing with investors, whether it's at the pitch stage or whether it's at the investor update stage, when you're, or whether it's going back to them and asking for more money or more funds or more investment. You know, the communication is incredibly important. So, the way that you deal with each individual, it needs to be considered so the drivers for certain for, for you know individual a were completely different for individual b um but again you have to have those conversations you cannot you simply cannot shy away from them because if you do you know the world is littered the path to success is littered with with uh, carcasses of people who just aren't willing to have those conversations and it is better to know uh or better to have the the um unsavory piece of knowledge or, or the unsavory answer than it is just not to ask at all. Um, yeah. And for me, that that's that's definitely stood me in, in good stead thus far. Yeah, absolutely. I think going back to the characteristics where you mentioned there, thinking about how other people are receiving those questions or those situations, I think empathy now more so than ever is a really key characteristic for leaders. Hugely, hugely. And, and you know, that, that word is used a lot in our mm. business. Uh, and it's used a lot as well because... Coming back to what I described at the beginning, which is, uh, you know, you mentioned the words breast cancer. It's one of the most emotionally charged Mm. 
it's one of the most emotionally charged statements you can make. I mean, as soon as you say that, your mind just goes goes wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do not want to do ever is cause more anxiety or or develop a product in the way which is not empathetic or considerate of the end user because that would serve our shareholders perhaps but it wouldn't serve our users and we are absolutely driven by that word you know empathy is an empathetic design it's something which we talk about a lot and, and i think it's um it's it's essential in in every aspect of the, of the business world mm-hmm. and actually you know thinking that through more generally the social license to operate now so the ability mm-hmm. for for businesses to just to start up um you know it, it's a parallel to what we have now which is the you know anti-money laundering right that wasn't a thing 10 years ago but it's now it's now you know if you want to open a bank account or work with lawyers they have to know everybody on the cap table over a certain percentage and so on and so forth and there's no way around it you know we are now going to have to start thinking about the impact of our business on the world how do you make sure your business is positive to your shareholders to your employees to the to the resources that you take out of the planet how do you make sure that that is successful because if you don't, that's empathy at its truest sense, right? Empathy for every aspect yeah, yeah, of your yeah. business and of your environment globally. Um, you simply will not be able to operate in the future. Your customers won't accept it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that word empathy is absolutely core to everything. I, I really do. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And, and so if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps or, or someone was, you know, an earlier point in their career about to take a, a step up into a leadership role, is there a piece of advice that you would offer them? Is there one that stands out beyond the ones that you mentioned already? Yeah, I, 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 um, I was listening to a podcast, an interview with Tom Blomfeld, the founder of Monzo Bank. And I'm lucky enough to work with one of his colleagues, Gary Dolman, who is also a founder of Monzo. Mm-hmm. And the thing that Tom was talking about was mental health. And I thought it was brilliant because the way that he spoke was so candid and compelling and showed the other side. So often you read the headlines, you know, you read the wide magazines, you read all the jazz about being a great leader and how wonderful it is and how, you know, you read all the, all the, all the polished, um, uh, uh, stories. There's another side to it. Right. And, and, and I think, um, the, the responsibility of being a leader in business is certainly certainly a CEO um, is huge, and the the impact on one's mental health is huge, mm-hmm. and I think knowing that before you go in is really really important. So I would say to anybody, talk to people that you know that are leaders and ask them how they dealt with those sides with, with the not so shiny sides. You can go and read business books about, you know, all the other aspects of yeah. the, of being a great leader. You can get anybody will talk to you about the, the positive sides. Yeah. Find someone you really trust and go and ask them, how did you deal with that? How did you find it? And how did you cope with it? Because, you know, you don't, you see football teams and you see um, uh, tennis players or athletes. They're surrounded by coaches. They're surrounded mm-hmm. by people that guide them. They're surrounded by all this team team of people to make sure that they're performing at their best. Yeah. You know, business leaders need similar support. You know, you need to have people yeah, you can talk to. Mm-hmm. You need to have people that you can be honest about and say, hey, I'm having a really tough time. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling the pressure of having 50 people's mortgages, you know, at risk or whatever it might be. You know, how can I see my way through this? Um, it is It is tough. Uh, would I change what I do? No, not for a second. But I, you know, I, I would certainly advocate for having those those conversations ahead of time, just to check 
you know, that it really is what you'd like, what you want, what, what you think it is. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can be very easily blinded by the lights. Uh, and, uh, and when the lights go off, you need to make sure that you're, you're supported. So yeah. I think that the dis- distillation of that whole diatribe there is, uh, you know, look after yourself before saving others, right? Put on your own gas mask before putting on the gas mask of your child. Because if you don't do that, um, it, it, it's, it, it's a non-starter. Yeah, absolutely. And what are your thoughts on the responsibilities of leaders to be careful how I word this, but there, there mm. seemed to be, if maybe a few years ago, pre-lockdown, there seemed to be a movement of the 4am kale smoothie gang um, mm. in terms of that's what it takes to be a leader. You need to be up at the crack of dawn, you need to hit the gym, you need to... And that doesn't work for everybody, does it? But I think there is there has previously been a sort of that's what it takes to be a leader that's what it takes to be successful and so i started formulating a, an idea that that's there's maybe a power in the vulnerability of saying actually that's not how i do it that doesn't work for me and you don't need to do that to be a leader what are your yeah. thoughts on that i definitely think that's changing i think with the advent of covid you know one of the silver linings and we have to look for them in these terrible Absolutely. situations yeah is that people suddenly it's okay to have a life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you remember back a couple of years ago, if you had a phone call and God forbid your kid walked in the room yeah. or, you know, your dog barks or you were, you were, I don't know, in the South of France, you know, it would be, Oh, I'm really, really sorry. You know, I've got, I've got to go now because my, I'm really sorry that my child's interrupting you. I've got a dentist mm-hmm. appointment. Is it okay if I leave now people it's okay you know yes. suddenly it's like okay you, you you have a life you know yeah. you're in your bedroom you're getting a glimpse into someone's house yeah. it's uh, it has changed and I, and actually you know we're now talking about things like the four-day week and although mm-hmm. that's not filtering down people are starting to think about oh maybe it doesn't take me getting four hours of sleep a night and completely yeah. destroying myself um and then and then you know using my weekends as an escape before i come back and do it all again on monday morning Maybe that's not the best way of doing it. You know, maybe actually we should be working when it makes sense for us to work. Maybe, maybe it's uh, no. I'm taking. You know, I'm actually going to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday afternoon if that's what it takes. And if that, if it works for you, it works for you. And and I think you're absolutely right that that um, uh, that strength and vulnerability I think is something really really powerful. And for the first time in our lifetimes. Everybody has focused on their health. Everybody mm. in the world has focused on their health and their vulnerabilities and actually have reassessed their priorities. Yeah. Um, and, but guess what? Business hasn't slowed down. It's sped mm. up. You yeah, know, yeah, it, is up it, is, it is going bonkers right uh-huh. now. And that's, and, and that's not because people are flying for eight hours to go to meetings. <laughs> that's because people are still effective and they've adapted to the way that they work best. Yeah. Um, and I feel that that is something we, we, we simply have to take forward. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is it is essential. And also, you know, nowadays you can you can send an email from you know the south of France just as well as you can from the south of London. It doesn't yeah. doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, but having said that, face to face is very important. You know, this is wonderful. Jumping on a Zoom call is wonderful, but it does come a point where sitting down face to face there is no substitute. There simply isn't. And the body language, you know, you'll be surprised to know I have a torso uh, yeah. and I have legs. Right? And I meet, I meet part of some of my team members 
who I've hired for maybe three or four months and I've never met them. Yeah. And we meet in person, go, oh my goodness, you know, it's so nice to finally meet you. And then we can, and you miss all the sort of subtle body language cues and everything. So uh-huh. I think the, the ability to, to leverage both the efficiency mm-hmm. of this and the effectiveness of the in-person is, you know, something which I certainly want to, again, find the balance of yeah. the yeah. theme of this podcast, isn't it? Balance. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you mentioned um, previous leaders, penultimate question for you then. Uh, is there one leader, past or present, that you would most admire? And if so, why? I have the great privilege of working with a wonderful leader called Dr. Caroline Hargrove. Um, Caroline Hargrove is our CTO at Zedsen, um, and she comes as one of the founding members, from one of the founding members at McLaren Advanced Engineering, where she worked under Ron Dennis. Um, and then she went to run Babylon Health, um, where she was CTO, um, who recently did a flotation on them uh, in the States for over $4 billion and has impacted countless lives um, through their work in the, in the digital G, um, GP on hand and other services that Babylon offer. Caroline has recently received her CBE, um, and she is just a phenomenal leader. I mean, for Caroline to have done what she did uh, in the masculine world of Formula One, Mm-hmm. Um, under Ron Dennis, I, I just cannot understand for the life of me how she did it, except for the fact I know exactly how she did it because she is the most competent, the most professional, the nicest, the most emotionally intelligent leader um, I've probably ever met. And so I have the, the, the most brilliant pleasure and privilege of working with, with Caroline. Um, and I just know that, that Caroline, you know, she will help us do incredible things and she will do the most amazing things in her career. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's a wonderful um, uh, person to be able to work for. And she embodies all of the things we've spoken about to, to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I think it, it, it's unfortunate that it has to be stated, but to be a female leader at that level um, is, not, is, is, a, is in no way easy. It's getting easier, luckily, slowly, mm-hmm. slowly, but surely. But as an engineer, you know, as a as a as a uh, as a mother, as a as a leader, um, to be able to achieve all of those things just simply is, is for me is, is mind boggling. I, I have it so much easier than she does. Um, and a couple of honourable mentions. I mean, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, and um, my sister, my elder sister Becky. I'm one of. I've got five sisters, and I've got a brother. So they're all uh, they all inspire me in different ways, but. Becky was the person who made me, who inspired me to study Chinese. She was the person which uh, set up her own business and gave me the courage to to, to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky started her own business from her own kitchen um, about ten years ago, making yeah. making biscuits. And she now employs about forty people. She has a four thousand square foot office space. Her sales through COVID went up six hundred percent. And the way wow. that she runs her business, she's now looking to move into wilding and she's now looking to do great things with the, with the uh, business that she's built. She's a certified B Corporation. Um, she, she inspires me um, every day. She, she does amazing things. She's incredibly attentive when it comes to her team. So she will give them duvet days. So each mm-hmm. member of the team gets a certain number of duvet days a, a, month, a year. They don't have to say why. They don't have to give any reason. They say, look, next week or tomorrow I'm going to take a duvet day and there's no questions asked I'm just you know don't want to come in Mm -hmm. she she just looks after them so brilliantly and she's so um, caring and she's so diligent with the way that she runs her business it really really is a wonderful thing to see Um, and and it's it's just incredible and she inspires me so much Um, 
And I'll just do one more honourable mention, which I have to mention um, my very close friend, John Scully, who is now 82 years old, uh, wakes up every morning, does his Pilates, goes for a run, does his weights, puts me to shame before I've even done my teeth. Uh, and has just been, you know, the career that that, that man has had, mm. um, running Pepsi at a young age when the Pepsi was the apple of the uh, of the world today, and then mm. running Apple um, under Steve Jobs, and then going through the whole thing that we all know about with John and Steve and keeping his business relationships, and then reinventing himself into healthcare and doing what he's done in stem cell research and, and helping Zedson and helping me personally, his, his, his intelligence, his, his um, drive, his determination, his kindness, you know, and his, his ability to interact with people and his curiosity, you know, mm -hmm. is, is just infectious. And I, and I love him for it. And John and I are just such good friends. And I, and I, and I will treasure that forever. And John is such a wonderful person. So, you know, there's three very different leaders there, mm. um, but uh, they're all wonderful people. And I, and I could list another dozen or so um, who, I, who I hold in such high regard and, you know, touch our lives in ways that we don't even really realize um, mm -hmm. and, so, and have affected us in ways that we, that are positive. And, and I think that, that that is ultimately the mark of a good leader. What is the yeah. impact you're having on the wider world? And, um, positively a positive positive impact and so for me those people are just phenomenal and uh, and i'm lucky to know them absolutely hats off to all of them thank you for that that's brilliant so what's on the cards for zsn over the next six to twelve months what's coming around the corner for you so there's a whole load of things which we're really excited about zsn there are developments that are moving forwards within the oncology space we have very exciting uh, advancements in our security applications as well so watch this space over the next couple of months. Um, there's a whole lot of things going on in the background, which we will be delighted to share with you in due course. And we're also growing the team. Please go take a look at our website. We've got a whole new brand, which we hope embodies our purpose and our passion uh, much better than it did before. There are a number of open highs out that we're currently looking for across the business. And the, the next year, the next six to 12 months are just going to be incredibly exciting. So please do take a look. Drop me a line. If any of this resonated with you, if you want to talk about anything with me directly, you know, I'm always delighted to chat with anybody. So please do uh, give me a ring, give, drop me an email, um, and I'll be delighted to have a conversation with you. So thank you, Daniel. It's been brilliant having you with us. It's, um, there's been some really great insight in there. So thank you for joining us. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Amy, for having me. And thanks to everyone at Human for making it possible. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much.